Well, by way of introduction, my name is Anthony Vaca. For those that weren't at the Divine Hour to hear the announcement, I'll be doing a How to Study the Bible seminar in case you don't know why you're here. Uh, that's what we're studying is how to study the Bible. I hope you have a notebook, but if you do not have a notebook and something to write down the notes with, I have assembled the notes here and a packet of Spirit of Prophecy quotes and Bible verses on how to study the Bible. And this is something I can email to you if you provide me with the email at the end. Usually I would try to make these in advance for, for those that would like to have these. Well, whenever I do anything, I like to make handouts. But since I found out last minute and it is the Sabbath, I will not be going to Kinkos. So I cannot give them to you today. So I apologize in advance. Do you guys have your Bibles with you? Okay. Do you guys have notebooks? Some of us? Okay. Good, good. Well, let's go ahead and begin with the word of prayer and we'll begin our study this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you to thank you for this precious Sabbath day. We thank you for this time which we could come together to study your word, to learn more principles, Lord, about studying your word, that we might know how to study to show ourselves approved unto you and not unto man. Please bless this hour. Anoint my lips from heaven. Father, if you would speak through a donkey, if you would speak through a falling prophet, and you would say that you could speak through the stones, Lord, for the sake of your people, I pray that you would speak through me. Please help us to this and grace us with your presence and be the true teacher. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to How to Study the Bible Seminar number one, which is going to be entitled, Why Study the Bible? Seminar number one, Why Study the Bible? Do you guys remember the text I shared this morning is kind of the principal text? Let's go to the book of Jeremiah in your Bibles. I like this smaller fill. This feels good to me. If I start going too fast, please raise your hand and I'll actually slow down for you. We can do this more like a class because we're not as big of a group this morning. Jeremiah chapter 15. And there's one of my gra the graduates from my school right there. And she knows that if you don't raise your hand, I'll just keep going. So it's good to slow me down, right, Angel? All right, Jeremiah chapter 15. Let's look at verse 16. Yes, ma'am. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. And the Bible reads, Thy words were found, and I did what's that? Eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. I like this text because I think the prophets use specific words for a specific reason. Now, the Bible is thought-inspired, and you can ask more about that afterwards if you would like to know. And it is God's medium of expressing his thoughts to man through inspiration of the Spirit through man. So here it says, my words were found, and what did the prophet do to these words? He ate them. Who here likes food? I don't know if you appreciate food as much as I appreciate food, especially Thai food. I have a deep appreciation since I started canvassing for Thai food. I can tell. I see some smiles. Now, when it comes to good food, can you just throw good food together in 30 seconds and have an amazing meal? Typically not. We call that microwave meals, right? See, when it comes to our Bible study, if our Bible study is like food, you can have really good food or you can have microwave food. Really good food takes really good what? Preparation, exactly. It takes really good preparation and understanding of what you're doing before you actually do it. A microwave food, anyone can take it, put it in the microwave and push the button, right? But you get out what you put in. And I want you to understand that as one of the fundamental principles of Bible study, it isn't difficult. And we're going to look at some passages and prove this in a minute. You don't have to be a genius to understand the Bible. 
my background was I barely made it through high school by cheating my way through high school before I was a Christian. I've only been an Adventist Christian for five years now. And in college, I dropped out three times. So was I a genius? I was far from genius. As far from genius as it gets. I loved car magazines for my cars that I used to drive, and that was it. But God was able to teach me how to study the Word of God. And if He can teach me, I guarantee you guys look like you're way advanced than I was. I know that He can teach you. So we're going to look at that today. So the first seminar is, Why is it learn how to study the Bible? What is the importance of studying the Bible? We're going to start with a quote from the Spirit of Prophecy, if you don't mind. Why study the Bible? Preparation for the last days. Did you know that you studying the Bible for yourself is important for the last days? Notice what this quote says. Temptations often appear, what's that word? Irresistible. No, don't raise your hand, but just think to yourself. Have you ever faced a temptation that just seemed irresistible? It was the hardest temptation you've ever faced. Why do temptations appear this way? Because through the neglect of, what's that word? Prayer and the study of the Bible, the tempted one cannot readily remember God's promises and meet Satan with the scripture, what's that key word? Weapons. What is the scripture? It's a weapon to help you fight against what? Temptation. When we neglect the study of the Bible, temptation will become, appear to be what? Irresistible. Can you see with me why I deduce from this quote that if I study the Bible and I communicate with God through prayer, that I'll be better equipped for the trials that come in these last days? Because the temptations will not appear to be what? Irresistible because I have the scriptures as a weapon. I pray that the scriptures will become a weapon for you as well. Please turn your Bibles to the book of Amos, chapter 8. Amos, chapter 8. Why study the Bible? Amos, chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 11. Amos chapter 8. And we're going to look again at verse number 11. And I would have you guys read, but they're recording me, so I believe that they would appreciate it if I did the reading. But please follow along. Amos chapter 8. We're looking at verse 11. Notice with me what the Word of God says. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a, what's that key word? Famine in the land. What is a famine? Lack of something, right? And specifically when we use the word famine, it's a lack of what? A lack of food. Notice what the verse goes on to say. Not a famine of, what's that word? Bread. So is it referring to food? Not at all. It goes on to say, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing, what are the last three words? the words of the Lord. Did you guys know that there is a famine coming in the land? And is it, is it a famine of bread and of water? It's a famine of what? Hearing the word of God. If you make preparation, maybe your minds remember the story of Joshua, not Joshua, Joseph. If you remember the story of Joseph when he was in Egypt and he knew because of the Pharaoh's dream that there was going to be a famine, what did he do? There's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So what did he do? Okay, it's like tithing. Okay, so he realized, wait a minute, God is saying there's going to be a famine in the future, so what should I do today? I should stock up on what there's going to be a famine of. And it was going to be of food, so what did he stock up on? He stocked up on food. Well, here, is it going to be food? 
it's going to be the words of what? So what should we stock up on ourselves? How sad would it be in the time of trouble to find yourself in want and in famine of the word of God? What a dangerous thing that would be. So we see here, why study the Bible? First and foremost, because there is a famine coming, and we need to study for ourselves and stock up on the bread of the word of God. Amen? So we're again this morning, we're just looking at the importance. Why study the Bible for myself? Go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea is in the Old Testament. It's easy for us to find as Adventists. It's right after the book of Daniel. Hosea chapter 4. And we're looking at verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Let me watch my time. And notice here what the Bible says. Now this one usually jumps out at people really heavily. My people, this is God speaking, my people are destroyed for a, what's that, those next words? Lack of knowledge. Let me ask you this. Is knowledge important? What will happen if you lack it? Be destroyed. Now notice the key. Now does that sound, that almost sounds arbitrary, doesn't it? Because what if you just didn't know? Does God destroy you just for not knowing? Not at all. Acts chapter 17 verse 30 says, In ignorance God winks, but now calls you to repent. So what is this verse talking about? Notice what it goes on to say. Because thou hast rejected what? Knowledge. I will also reject thee. So it's not that the people were ignorant and had no understanding of knowledge, but it's that they did what to knowledge? They rejected knowledge. In other words, God is constantly trying to give us a knowledge. And what knowledge is this talking about? Look at verse 1. This is very precious. Is this talking about mathematical knowledge? Is this talking about science knowledge? Verse 1 says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor, what's the next three words? Knowledge of God in the land. What was the lack of knowledge? A knowledge of who? A knowledge of God. Where do you get your knowledge of God from? The Word of God. Because we reject the time, the truth, and the knowledge that God is trying to give us in the world, when we reject it intentionally, when we intentionally choose the things around us over this, what happens? He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Is it important to study the Word of God? It's very important to study the Word of God. Amen. And don't study the Word of God just to say, oh, I don't want to get destroyed for lack of knowledge. But say, I want to have the knowledge of the one who loved me so much that he would die for me. Don't you want to know him more? Well, you know him in the Word of God. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. So we're studying why study the Bible for those who just joined us. We're going to 2 Peter chapter 3. If I go too fast, again, please raise your hand. Why study the Bible or why know how to study the Bible? Let me ask a question first. Has anyone here ever found parts of the Bible hard to read and hard to understand? Or is it just me? Okay, we all have. Did you know that even the apostles knew that it was hard to understand? Notice what the verse says. Let's start in verse 16. Actually, start in verse 15, or we won't know who we're talking about. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 15, the Bible reads, And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother who? Paul, 
also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. So who's doing the writing? It's talking about Paul's writings, right? Verse 16. Also in all his epistles or letters that Paul wrote, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things, what's the next four words? Hard to be understood. Now, if you would think anyone could study the Bible well, you think Peter can study the Bible well, right? He's, he's inspired, he's an apostle, and he's even talking about Paul's letter. He says, you know, you can imagine inspired Peter. You know, some things Paul writes, and they're hard to understand. So if it was hard for Peter to understand some things that Paul wrote, should we take the time to understand how to study the Bible so that we don't misunderstand? We should, right? Because notice what happens when we study improperly. It goes on to say in the same verse, verse 16, which they that are unlearned and unstable wrestle as they do also the other scriptures unto their own, what's that word? Destruction. Can misunderstanding how to study the Bible be fatal? It can be very fatal to study the Bible improperly. And I have met many people canvassing at doors, and they have asked me these interest, they gave me these different ideas, these out there ideas, and I ask them, where did they get that? And they show me a verse, and I realize the verse has nothing to do with what they're saying to me. And I realize they're wrestling the scriptures to their own destruction. They do not know how to study the Word of God. Do you guys want to know how to study the Word of God today? That's the aim of this seminar. Are you guys seeing it's important to learn how to study the Word of God? Good. I'm glad that you're seeing that. Let's go ahead and go to 2 Timothy next. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Come on in. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. Welcome, those that are just join us, joining us, to the How to Study the Bible breakout session. Right now we're studying the importance of understanding how to study the Bible. Why is it important to even come to a seminar like this to learn how to study the Bible? We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 14 and verse 15. Notice with me what the Word of God says. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Verse 15. Study to show yourselves approved unto who? Unto God. Not unto your pastor? No. Unto your union president? Unto who? Unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If there's a right way to divide the word of truth, there's a what? There's a wrong way. Now it says if you rightly divide the word of truth, you will not be what? You will not be ashamed. That's right. Every time I ask a question, you can just look right back down at your Bibles. The answer will always be in the verse that we just read. So you, when you rightly study the Word of God, you will not be what? Ashamed. Can I share with you an experience really quick? You know, I've only been an Adventist for five years, and as a young Adventist, I wanted to give Bible studies, and I read lots of books, and I read my Bible diligently all the time, and I remember I was giving a, a Bible study to this one family. It was a young family. They wanted, they had been Christians. They had left the faith, and they wanted to come back to Christianity, so they let me study with them. It's a teenager, a younger person, boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, and dad. So I'm studying with this family. And as I'm studying with them, 
I was trying to make this point. We're studying Revelation chapter 13. You know when the fire comes down, right? In the sight of all people, in the sight of the beast? Okay, so we're studying this passage of scripture, and I wanted to talk about and break down fire falling down from heaven. And I thought to myself, you know, I know the perfect place to go. And we're going to go to the book of Genesis, to the offerings of Cain and Abel. And we're going to see how when God accepted Abel's, what came down from heaven? Fire came in, consumed the sacrifice. And what happened to Cain's? No fire. Showing that one was approved and one was unapproved. Okay, so here I am, the young Bible, wannabe Bible student, just giving my little Bible study. And this family's all eating every word up from the Bible. They're just so excited. And as I go to Genesis and I read the passage on Cain and Abel, guess what was not there? There was no fire. And I was in front of this family, and they're just staring at me, waiting for the point of why we're reading this passage. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, have You know, when Nehemiah said the silent prayer to God in front of the king, I sent my silent prayer to God in front of this family that's staring at me, realizing this family has been ex experiencing a famine of the Word of God, and they want food. And I, I thought I was giving them, you know, chiclets, and I think I just gave them chicken or something. Like, it didn't happen. Like, something went wrong here. Um, it's not in the text. So then I thought to myself really fast, Abel, Abel, where's Brother Abel at? So I went to the book of Hebrews next, chapter 11. I was like, I think he's in the Hall of Faith. It must be there. So go to Hebrews 11. We went there, and, oh, not you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just sharing with you the experience I had. I told the family to go there. So the family turned there, and they were energetic and excited. And we read about Abel, but guess what was not there? There was no fire. And then I remember, wait, Hebrews talks about Abel's blood. So we went there, and guess what was not there? There was no fire. And I was thinking, Lord, just start a fire somewhere. Like... <laughs> where's the fire? And I'm looking at this poor family, and I froze. I was a young Christian, and I froze in front of them, and they had an empty lazy boy chair, like over here on the left, and I remember I just looked at that chair, looked at my Bible. I walked over, and I just sat down and put my head down, and the family's just staring at me, and they're like, Anthony, what's wrong? And I said, I can't find the fire, <laughs> and they said, can we help you? And I said, yes. I showed them how to use the concordance in the back of the Bible. I said, please look up fire and help me find the fire. And they looked it up, and I'm sitting there going through, going through, going through. I can't find it. And the youngest lad there, he said, is it with Elijah? And I said, wait, there's fire in that story that comes from heaven. Let's go to 1 Kings 18. So we went there, not you guys, the family again. We went there, we finished the study, I, I was able to show the point, and it, it ended, and the family was so happy, and they were really happy, because they're like, we helped him, they're high-fiving, you know, and I'm like, yes, you helped me, high-five, and I went to my home, and I went to my little desk, I put my head down, I was like, what happened? Like, that was so embarrassing, I felt, guess how? Ashamed. I didn't know the word of God, and it says, when you rightly divide, you will not be, I was ashamed that day. And then God reminded me, in case you're wondering why I didn't find the fire there and I thought it was there, it was there in the book Patriarchs and Prophets, just not there in the book of Genesis. And so God quickly reminded me where it was at. He humbled me and it was a good experience, but I learned that I needed to know what better. I need to know my Bible better. So guys, when you rightly divide, you will not find yourself what? Ashamed. I hope none of you had the experience that I had. That was pretty disheartening. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, this will go with what we just said about being ashamed. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and verse 16. 
You know, in a conversation, when I have a biblical conversation with someone, usually, sadly, someone will be ashamed. And notice what this says in verse 15 and 16 of 1 Peter 3. But sanctify the Lord God in your where? Hearts. Now, everyone, please point at your hearts. Okay, 99% of us are pointing in the wrong place. These two have it right. Everyone look at these two right here. Where are they pointing? As a man thinketh in his heart, where do you think at? See, many times when we read the word of God, we read heart, we all think like this, right? Well, when it says heart, it typically refers to where? Right here. So sanctify the Lord God. Where? In your heart, in your mind. Fortify the mind with the Lord, with the truths of God. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What should you always be ready to do? Give an answer. But if you do not study the word of God, can you give an answer for yourself? Not at all. Notice what verse 16 goes on to say. Having a good conscience, that, whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be, what's that word? Ashamed that falsely accuse your good behavior in Christ. You see, when people come against God's people, remember we're talking about this in the context of the last days, when they come against God, people's with accusations, false accusations, when they try to misconstrue you, what will be your only defense? The word of God. And if you rightly divide it, you will not be what? Ashamed. But in this text, it says, those that speak evil of you falsely will be what? Ashamed, because you will have an answer for the hope that is in you. But if you do not have the answer for the hope that is in you, you will be what? Ashamed. Do you, anyone want to be ashamed today? No, not at all, right? How many, those that are evil, that speak evil against us, be ashamed? They will be, if you know the word of God for yourselves. Last text on why study the Bible, or why learn how to study the Bible, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 19. Now remember, in 2 Timothy, it said, study to show yourself, do you guys remember the next word? Approved. Unto who? Unto God. So we study to show ourselves approved. Okay, good. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 19. For there must be also, what's that word? Heresies. Do you know what heresies are? Does anyone, raise your hand, not know what a heresy is? Okay, so we all know what heresies are, right? You do not know? You do not know? Okay, so let's go. Okay, so heresies are false teachings. They are false doctrines that come in to, amongst God's people. So here it says, there must be what? False teachings, false doctrines, heresies. Did it say that there might be? It said there must be. Why must there be? It goes on to say that they which are, what's that word? Approved may be made what? manifest among you or made known among you. In other words, when a heresy or false doctrine comes in, it will show who is what? Approved. Why will it show who is approved? Because the approved person rightly divides the word of truth. And so when heresy comes in, what do they recognize it as? That's error. That's false doctrine. Why? Because they've studied to show themselves. How many of you would love it if God would bring you to the point in your life that as soon as false doctrine would come in front of you, because of the study of the Word of God, you would know that that is false doctrine. Amen? 
you can have that experience. It's right here in the Word of God. It promises it to be so. If you will study to show yourself approved. That in the last days when temptations come that beset so many, and false doctrines come, every wind of doctrine that blows away so many, if you will study to show yourself approved unto God, you will not be ashamed, and you will not be deceived, but you will stand through the last days by the grace of Jesus Christ. Do we see that's important to study the Bible? Amen. So now you know why you're here. <laughs> Let's get into it a little bit more. The preparation work. Now that we see it's important to study the Bible, now for those that came later, we talked about food and we talked about Thai food at the very beginning. Uh, the importance of good food means we have to have good what, guys? Preparation. That's right. It's subtitled, Hearing the Voice of God or Someone Else. Hearing the Voice of God or Someone Else. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 35. So this is the pre-study. Now, if you wonder what that means, the preparation work or the pre-study, this is the work that should be done before Bible study even begins. Many times we like to jump right into Bible study without realizing that there are principles to understand before seeking to understand the Bible. Well, we're going to use the Bible to get these principles, but they'll just help you along the way. Isaiah 35, verse 8. Notice me what the Bible says. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The warefaring man, though fools, shall not what? Err therein. Someone may be asking, what did that say? It's okay, I know King James is a little bit harder to understand. Pretty much this. There is a way the way of holiness. And even if intellectually you are a, what did the Bible say? Go ahead and look at the verse, guys. Verse 8. Though, what's that word? It starts with the F. Though fools, you will not what? Err therein. Now that was a good promise for me because I was a very uneducated person when I started studying the Bible. But this promise tells me that even though I was a fool and an unlearned person, I would not what? There's no need to err because who would teach me? God would teach me. So the first principle I want you to see in the prep work is know for yourselves that you can understand the Bible. If you go in thinking that you cannot understand it, I promise you, you will not understand it. Go in confidence that God can teach you. That you can learn these things. It isn't just for Pastor Bohr. It isn't just for David Astrid or you name Peter Greger. You name the, the big name. It isn't for them, but the Word of God is for you individually and personally to understand for yourselves and you can learn these things for yourselves. That is the first principle under pre-study, the right mindset, knowing that you can be taught of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Again, for those that came later, if I, if I am going too fast, or if I say something and you misunderstand, this feels like a classroom setting to me, please raise your hand. And we can definitely go over it again. If you like an email, I can send you an email of all my notes as well if you give me your email at the end of the seminar. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, all the way to verse 31. I probably won't read the whole passage, but read some of the verses to get the gist of it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Do you see here that the, uh, the apparently unqualified person God qualifies? Because it's not about the wisdom of words, but the power of who? The power of God. It's not about what man can do, but what the Spirit of God can do through you. In fact, it said that God will destroy the wisdom of this world. Did the disciples look like the most educated people? Were the disciples the top notch of the bunch? They were fishermen, right? Now, back in their day, it worked a little bit differently than our day. And this is a bad concept for our day. I think they had it right, and I think we have it wrong. Today, if you make a wreck of your life and you can't do anything right, guess what you do? You do ministry, apparently. But back in their day, guess what you did? First and foremost, what was your goal? To be, if you're a guy, to be a what? To be a priest. Every young boy wanted to follow a, a rabbi, to be a disciple, and eventually to become a Pharisee, a Sadducee, or if you were the Levites, to be a what? To be a priest. And that was first and foremost. That was the goal. So guess what the fisherman was? He was the guy who didn't make the cut. He was the guy who didn't quite come up to the standards of the Pharisees to, to be a disciple and follow a rabbi. So they were kind of on the bottom of the totem pole. So this is who Jesus picked to be his disciples, right? Fishermen. And guess who they were taught of? They were taught of God. Were they able to learn? See, God took the foolishness of this world, a group of young fishermen that no one thought anything of, and he turned the world upside down. He can do the same thing with you. Your school, your family, your church. Study the word of God, and he can use you to turn your place upside down as well. He uses the wisdom. Uh, he doesn't use the wisdom of this world, but he uses the spirit of God. Go with me to 2 Corinthians on that point, chapter 10. 2 Corinthians I apologize. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. I knew that wasn't right when I was going there. I was like this feels wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. So we've already talked about the proper mindset, knowing that you can be taught of God. Do not be discouraged no matter what your intellectual rating is, what your IQ is, how good you do in school, or how long you've been a Christian. You can be taught of God. The next one is, well, how is that possible? First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but who? The spirit of God. Verse 13. 
Actually, read verse 12 as well. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. Whose help do we need to understand the Bible, my friends? You need the Holy Spirit. Don't ever allow yourself to fall into the trap of thinking that you can understand the Bible for yourself without the help of the Spirit of God. That is a danger that can come to anyone who learns a lot of things from the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy to become self-sufficient to the point where you think that you can do it on your own because you've been doing it for so well. So whose help do you need? You need the Spirit of God. Who can understand the Bible? The intellectual person can understand the Bible. Just the pastor can understand the Bible. Who can understand the Bible? Everyone can understand the Bible. What did you say, AJ? Even who? Even if the world calls them fools, which I would never call any man a fool, just so you know. But even if the world called them a fool intellectually, that's what people called me before, it's okay because God can still teach you the Bible as well. So don't be discouraged. Go with me to James chapter 1, verse 4. We're going to hit on the next couple of passages are going to be a little bit more heart-searching. I don't know if any of you ever search your heart, but it's a good thing to do. James chapter 1, verse 4 involved with pre-study, what takes place before studying the Bible? We see the proper mindset, and we see praying and asking for the Holy Spirit. These are two key things, knowing I can be taught of God and be confident in that God can teach me, and two, he will teach me through his Spirit if I ask. James 1, verse 4. Hmm. I think it's James 1, verse 4. Yes. The Bible says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting how much? Nothing. Nothing. Now the word wanting, that word means lacking. So in other words, God will give you what you need to where you will not become what? You will not be lacking. In fact, it goes on in verse 5 to say, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And God will give to all men liberally, and abradeth or scoldeth not, and it shall be given him. So will God teach you and give you wisdom if you ask? He will. Go with me to chapter 4 in the same book. Why does it seem sometimes when we ask, we don't receive? Anyone ever have that issue in their life? Okay. Anyone ever struggle with the passage of Scripture and you just seem not to understand it? And you ask God for wisdom, but you still don't understand it? And it said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask and you'll receive what? Wisdom. Can I give another illustration of this real quick before I prove the point? Okay. Uh, how many of you have ever studied the word, uh, the word daily in the book of Daniel, specifically chapter 8, chapter 11, and is it 8 and 11? It's in 8, it's in 11, and I want to say it's in chapter 12 as well. So in those three chapters, anyone ever study that word out the daily? Anyone ever heard of a discussion on that? All right, so some of our brains haven't been taxed to the limit with such a discussion as that. Um, if you come to the Soul's West, you will. Uh, but... Uh, there was a study on the daily, and I used to have uh, an idea. I knew what it was. I was confident I knew what it was as a young Adventist, uh, my first and second year as an Adventist. I was so confident, and this young man, bless his heart, he wanted to try to teach me what the daily was, and it was something different than what I had thought it was. And uh, bless his young heart. He tried so hard, and he gave a really good study, I'm sure, but ultimately, I already made up my what? I already made up my mind, and he said, just pray about it. Just pray and study it out. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray and study it out. And in my mind, I said, I know what it is. It's, I'm not going to tell you what I think it is. But I said, it's this. 
And then, because uh, I just don't want no one to walk out of the room. And so I walked over to my Bible, and I prayed, and I said, okay, I'm going to study it. But in my mind, I already said that it was this. So do you think my mind changed when I studied the Bible again? Why do you think it didn't change? Without realizing it, I already made up my what? And I asked God, and I said this prayer, Lord, please help me to understand this daily better and teach me. Now, let's say I was wrong. Let's say I was dead wrong. At that moment, could I be taught of God? Because I'm studying with the intention to prove what? Read verse 3 of chapter 4 of James. The same book that says, if you ask, you will receive. It says in verse 3, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. In other words, there's sometimes we ask of God, but we're doing it for our own selfish purpose or benefit. And when we do, guess what cannot happen? You cannot receive from who? You cannot receive from God. So, and actually I wanted to share, I, th- I hope this is the quote. Yes, there we go. Education 189. The student of the Bible should be taught to approach it in the spirit of a, what's that word? Learner. How many of you are learners here today? Okay. Please stay a learner. Always be, have the spirit of a learner. We are to search its pages, not for proof to, what's that word? Sustain our opinions, but in order to know what, uh, know what God says. Guys, this principle is so important, and I think it gets so easy to neglect it. Before we even study the Bible, we need to be willing to put aside our preconceived opinions and to learn what God, what God says. Speaking of the proper mindset, when we come to study the Bible, notice this quote. The spirit in which you come to the investigation of the scriptures will determine the character of the assistant by your side. Did you know every time you study the Bible, someone is there to help you? And the spirit or the mentality, the attitude in which you come to the Bible will determine who is going to stand there. Well, who are the options? Let's look. Angels from the world of light will be with those who in humility of heart seek for divine guidance. But if the Bible is open with, what's that word? Irreverence. With a feeling of self-sufficiency, If the heart is filled with prejudice, who is that? Satan is beside you. And he will set the plain statements of God's word in a perverted light. Every time you study the word of God, someone is standing right next to you. And the mindset that we come with, the spirit in which we come, and the attitude in which we come to the Bible will determine who is standing by your side. Who here wants the angels of light to stand by your side? Woe to the person that has an angel of darkness standing by his side. Do you see why it's important to, to have the right pre-work, to pray, to search the heart, to give these things to Jesus, to come with the right attitude and spirit to the word of God? Because it will determine who is standing by your side. We have, am I out of time? No, I have five more minutes, which is just enough time. Go to Daniel 12, verse 10. We have only two more passages of the pre-work to talk about Daniel 12 verse 10 and they are of of a high importance Daniel chapter 12 and verse 10 
Notice here what the Bible says. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the who? The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall what? Understand. But the wise shall understand. Based on that verse, who will not understand? If you cherish sin in your heart, guess what God cannot do? He cannot teach you. Now, does that mean if, you have, if you're a sinner, God cannot teach you? Is that what I said? No. It, I said if you cherish what? If you cherish sin, if God has made known a sin in your life and you, and you know that it is wrong, you know that it is wicked, but you desire to hold on to it, you desire to keep it within you, you desire to keep it in your heart, you just don't want to let it go, guess what you cannot do? You cannot understand. God cannot teach you because you choose iniquity over righteousness. And Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2 teaches us that your iniquity has separated you between you and your God. Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2. The heart work is so important, my friends. The searching of the heart, the time in prayer before you even open the sacred pages of the Bible are so important to give those things that you know are wrong to Jesus, that you can have an angel of light standing by your side, that he can teach you and guide you and give you understanding from the word of God and not an angel of darkness. So who cannot understand? The wicked. Now we all know that we're sinners in need of a savior, amen? But this is in reference to those who choose wickedness, who cherish wickedness, who desire wickedness over righteousness. You cannot be taught of God. One last verse on this thought. The prep work, the pre-work of the mind and of the heart. Go to the book of John. Now this one is probably true for all of us, whether you will admit it or not. John chapter 7, verse 17. We alluded to it, but now we'll look at a Bible text for it. John chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 17. Okay. The Bible says, If any man will do his will, speaking of God's will, he shall know the what? The doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Do you see in this verse the basic principle? Who will understand the doctrine? Those who are willing to do what? Say that again. You got it. Amen. Say it boldly and proudly. Either you're going to be right and, and say it confidently, or you're going to be wrong and you'll never give that answer again. But either way, you just say it proudly. Amen. So she, she had it right. He who is willing to do God's what? God's will will know the what? Doctrine. Can I give a couple of illustrations to help you see this point? Because many of us will say, how do you, okay, let me ask the question first. Who wants to do God's will here? I would expect that in the room of Adventists. Amen. And of our, or even of Christians. If anyone here is non-Adventist, uh, praise God for all Christians that love Jesus. So we see here that anyone who will do the will will know the doctrine. You all want to do God's will. So let me give an illustration. Let me think of a safe illustration first. Oh, that's an, that's an easy one. It's an easy one, but it's too easy, if that makes sense. I think I'm just trying to be too safe, but here we go. So let's say, five years ago, let's rewind, I'm non-Adventist again. Woe unto me. And um, 
I'm studying out whether or not I should eat pork or not. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm deciding. Now, we know that the Bible plainly teaches that you shouldn't eat unclean food, right? You shouldn't eat pork and things of that nature. So let's say I'm a, I'm a brand new young, young person growing up in the faith, and someone says, Anthony, you shouldn't eat pork. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to study that for myself, right? And this is actually what happened. Because my auntie had a restaurant chain, and all they served is pork there. And so when I first came after this, I was like, oh, are you serious? Let me double check first just to be sure, you know, they're not lying to me because I get free food there. And so <laughs> it is what it is when you're in college, right? So um, what ended up happening was I came to the Bible and I wanted to study. Now, if I came to the Bible and I already made up in my mind that it's okay to eat pork, do you think I'm going to land on truth when I study the Bible? Because I'm unwilling to do what? God's will. I've already made up my mind what I'm going to eat. Okay, let me, do it, let me give a, a better illustration. I'm deciding who I'm going to marry. Let's just say that. And I'm looking at, or start courtship or dating. Maybe this one will be more applicable to someone in this room. And I'm, I tell my, my friend warns me, and says, Anthony, maybe you should study the principles and the word of God to make sure this decision is of God and not of your self. And I say, okay, 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 fine, I'll study the Bible. I'll study Proverbs 31 and those things. And, I'll, 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 and if anyone wants, well, ask me afterwards about Proverbs 31. Um, so let's just say, I decided to study it for myself. So I go studying, but I've already made up my mind that I'm going to ask her out. Do you think regardless of whether it's right or wrong, well, let's just say it was wrong. Let's say it was a bad move and it was not approved of God. And I'm like, okay, in my mind, I already made a decision. Regardless of what anyone says, I'm going to ask this young lady out. Let me study it first. Okay, let me study it first. Do you think I'm going to land on truth and realize that I'm wrong? No, because I've already made up my mind what I'm going to do and I'm not willing to do the will of God but I wanted to do it of my if you ever want to study anything from the Bible from music clothes diet you name it anything from the Bible you must come with an open heart are you willing to do whatever God says amen are you sure whatever he says that is the characteristic of those who will be taught of God those who, when they come to the Bible, they say, Lord, you know what? This is what I have thought. But if you show me differently from your Bible, I'd rather follow thus saith the Lord than my own thoughts. Is that your desire? Guys, the pre-work is so important to Bible study. I can't overemphasize that. I want you, when you study the Bible for yourself, to land on truth every time. To be on the right side, the sure side, every time. But if you neglect the hard work, if you neglect the pre-work, if you can neglect the communion with God and the Holy Spirit and the searching of the heart and the giving of wickedness to Jesus and of making sure that in your heart you're willing to do God's will, you may end, land on, on error. But if you are willing to do God's will, you ask for the Spirit in sincerity and you give Him your sins, you can be sure that you are taught of God. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends that have come. And Lord, I just pray that as we study your word, that you will help us not to neglect the pre-work, Lord, the heart work, the, the experience that takes place before we even open the sacred pages of your word. Please, dear Heavenly Father, help us to this end, that we may be taught of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.